Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Broken Table Wrestling Podcast. Today, we will be reviewing last week's edition of Monday Night Raw. That would be March 13th, 2023. So let's get right into it. We started off with a promo from Edge that he cut on Finn Balor slash Judgment Day. And the, the biggest part of this segment was Edge challenging Finn Balor to a match at WrestleMania, specifically a Hell in the Cell match. Yeah, I mean, we've been looking toward Ford's forward to this for quite some time now um so i think it's good that we finally got the official challenge and again later that night it was made official uh for wrestling so we are going to see that again i think wrestling fans want to see uh the demon finn balor which i feel like we got a little bit of a glimpse of because he did bring up in his promo something about his demons um and then edge we want to see maybe brood edge i'm not really sure if that one's coming, but it feels like the demon Finn Balor is definitely going to be there. Uh, I'm not really sure about the Brood Edge. Um, if I had to give you a prediction right now on who would win this match, I think Edge would win, um, which, again, is fine. Um, I don't really know how over it is. I think Edge can still keep going, so I feel like he wins, and I feel like he can get a push somewhere else, and then Finn Balor can go back into a different title picture maybe away from this whole Edge drama. Yeah, well, well said, man. I, I think it's a very – very good decision to make this a hell in the cell match. And on top of that, j- just to speculate, uh, possibly a demon Finn Balor appearance, because I-, I think that's what that, you know, that that was his wording. That's what he meant is he's going to show up as a demon, but they're just going to build that up. Or maybe it'll be a surprise on the night of WrestleMania. So, so who knows, but I think this is the good way to end what some may, some may say as a very long feud. And if some may say boring, I, I don't mind it, but this has been a very long feud, whether you like it or not depending on if you like it. Um, and I think Hell in the Cell and the Demon Finn Balor, who is a character we haven't seen in quite some time now, I think it's just a good way to end it. I think it's going to be a good match. And another point besides that, I think we're getting towards that age where Hell in the Cell, the pay-per-view, is, is no more. And this match will be challenged, you know, certain events, certain events like WrestleMania, SummerSlam. So I really like this booking that we're going to have a Hell in the Cell at WrestleMania. I don't remember the last time that's happened, but I'm guessing it's been a while. But yeah, I think it's going to be a great match. I like how they set this up as the first promo on Raw for tonight. And if I had to give you a prediction, I would, I'm going to argue Finn Balor because he's going to have his demon appearance because I feel like Edge could, could afford a loss considering his legacy and his legendary status. Yeah, uh, Edge could definitely afford a loss. Again, we won't really know. I guess that match can really go uh, one or two ways. Um, but it was it's definitely interesting, uh, the whole storyline that is. And you've kind of said it, like Finn Balor, um, that demon aspect of it could be what uh, the difference between Edge and Finn Balor. But I like what you said about the Hell in the Cell. Uh, I think it's good that it's now like a, cha- a more base challenge match, not so much the pay-per-view, because the pay-per-view was kind of boring. Um, so I think now instead of have, having it as on the bigger pay-per-view, so like you challenge somebody to a Hell in a Cell match, it could be a lot better uh, for the way these shows are perceived. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And after this segment, Finn Balor sent his Judgment Day um, people to beat up Edge. In the meantime, they were saved by Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis. And this led straight into their tag team match. Um, this tag team match ended with, I believe, a distraction, which helped Damian Priest hit the South of Heaven on Dexter Loomis, pinning the 1-2-3. Uh, yeah, uh, a little bit of a, an interesting match. Again, we kind of talked about Johnny Gargano and how he's good enough to be on his own. So, again, we're going to see Johnny um, at stand deliver to face Grayson Waller. Um, and I think that putting him in tag team action 
you know, I feel like he's much better than that. Again, as for Dexter Lumis, I've always kind of thought Dexter Lumis was an interesting character. Like, I thought he was fine, but I don't really know how much ring awareness he has and how good he could really be on his own. So I feel like I understand that like, he had to put Dexter Lumis in tag team matches. Uh, but I feel like Johnny Johnny Gargano is much better than that. Um, a good win for the Judgment Day. Uh, I like Damian Priest. So I like to see him win. And, of course, Dominic Mysterio is uh, going to need to keep getting pushed if we're going to have a WrestleMania match with his father. Yeah, for sure. I thought this was a very fun match. Um, even though I've said on this podcast before that I, I do agree that Johnny is more than this, I, I still find it somewhat entertaining when he's paired with Loomis in, in these wrestling matches. I think the some of the backstage stuff is a little too gimmicky and very uh, cheesy, but you know I don't mind a, a, a nice tag team match between these two and then the Judgment Day. I thought it was a very good match. I like all the parties involved. Um, I'll mention this more on my SmackDown, uh, on, on the SmackDown podcast that we're going to do. But I think Dom is improving in the ring a little bit. I feel like he's starting to work a little bit faster than usual. And and especially when you watch his match on, on, on SmackDown that happened last week. But I think he's starting to improve. And I think that's very well needed ahead of his WrestleMania match with uh, Rey Mysterio. Because that's most likely going to get booked. Um, and another thing I want to say is smart booking for this match. Because Dexter Loomis took the pin. You can't really have... Johnny Gargano, who's an NXT legend and who has an upcoming match, which is arguably one of the biggest matches of the card at Stand and Deliver, you can't have him taking a, a loss in this match. So it's very smart booking. That's all, that's all I really have to say about this match. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Uh, very smart, smart booking, not having Johnny Gargano um, take the pinfall again. We'll talk more about Dominic Mysterio uh, again later this episode and then also more in the SmackDown episode. But I think I agree with you. I think he looks a little bit better. He looks a little more comfortable. So I think, you know, yeah, his character is one thing, but we have to see the wrestling there before he takes on a legend like Rey Mysterio. Yep, for sure, 100%. Next, we had a backstage segment with The Miz. And during this segment, you could see Trish Stratus getting beaten up by all all parties of damage control. And um, this kind of has set up the rest of the episode where, where Trish went into the rehab room and, you know, Becky and Lita were quiet about it. And then, you know, they came out all angry. So, so yeah, just quick segment, but what are your thoughts on this little segment and this little angle? Uh, I think it's an angle that you have to have uh, because the match of WrestleMania is so new, so fresh. Like we haven't seen Trish Stratus with Lita and Becky Lynch, but we also haven't seen them battle damage control like often. So I think these are angles that you have to have just to create a buildup so that None of your matches are kind of lackluster, and they all have storylines. So I think this was a good angle. Again, picking Trish Stratus to be the one that's beaten up, I think, is a very smart idea, considering Becky Lynch and Lita are the champions. Um, so I think taking one of them out, it'd be weird because they're technically a tag team. I think Trish Stratus as that third party taking her out is a much better angle than if Lita or Becky Lynch was taken out. Yeah, for sure. And, and one question I want to pose is, do you think, considering this was a targeted attack from, you know, from Bailey because she's the leader, um, do you think that this sets up for WrestleMania or for future P uh, PLE? Do you think this sets up a Trish versus Bailey dream singles match? I think it definitely could. Um, I just don't know. Again, we kind of saw with Lita. We don't really know how these legends do when they come back. Um, so I think let's see Trish Stratus in the ring at WrestleMania. Uh, let's see if she can pose a suitable match. Again, Bailey's a really strong, strong superstar. So I think if she Trish Stratus can pose a good match, then then yeah, then maybe we can get to Trish Stratus and Bailey. But let's first get through WrestleMania and see if she's able to participate in uh, matches like she used to. 
Yeah, it's a very good point because you know Lita was Lita's very rusty, and hopefully she's she's more comfortable in the ring ahead of her WrestleMania return. But uh, I I definitely agree with that because I heard some rumors that all, all six women in that match will be doing double duty, or at least most of them. You know, so, so possibly a ta another tag team match for the women, and then possibly a Trish versus Bailey singles. But I guess we're gonna see how that plays out. Maybe on tonight's edition of Raw, March twentieth, we will see. Uh, how that pans out. Yeah. Next, we have the face-to-face -face between Brock Lesnar and Omas. It started off with MVP speaking on behalf of Omas, saying Brock Lesnar is a good athlete but a bad businessman and how he never should have put his hands on him, which was then interrupted by Brock Lesnar's entrance. They had a face-to-face, -face, Omas and Brock Lesnar, which resulted with Omas grabbing Lesnar and throwing him over the top ropes, which was botched a little bit, but making basically making Lesnar look like a small child that he can manhandle in the ring. Yeah, I, I think we're so accustomed as we've been watching it, we've been following the career of Brock Lesnar. Like nobody's ever made Brock Lesnar look like the weaker opponent. And I think this face to face was because again, we we've talked about this match. This match isn't something that a lot of people were looking forward to. Like a lot of people didn't really see it coming. It was just weird. So I think now you're giving that other angle that hey Brock Lesnar's been dominating people since day one. Roman Reigns, The Undertaker, he's been beating everybody. He's the strongest guy. And now there might be a guy stronger than him. So I like this angle to make Brock Lesnar look like a little bit more weak in comparison to Omos uh, leading up to that match. I think it'll provide more of a spark when we actually see those two men collide. You know, 100%, I like this angle. You know, Brock Lesnar can always look like the monster that he is. He has to look weak in, in some instances like this. Um, I, I got to say I know we were both eerie of this booking when it first first came out, but you know the buildup and and the promos and the segments the past couple of weeks have have kind of made me excited for this match. And as long as the match is quality, as long as it's a quality match, I think that this is well worth it. This this booking decision. And I gotta say, man, I I think just being on social media and and watching these segments, I, I think I'm becoming an almost sapien, if you know what I mean. All right, next we have. A match that I was not really excited for because I knew it involved an LA Knight loss, but it, I, uh, I I was very excited for the actual wrestling aspect of it. Cody versus LA Knight. Uh, this was just another match to put Cody over. Uh, LA Knight unfortunately took the loss, and I hate to see it, but you know you can't have Cody lose. Um, and then after this match, Cody cut perhaps one of the best promos he has since he returned, uh, basically saying it's personal and. It, to saying to Mr. Heyman that it is never not going to be personal because it has been personal since I believe he said since he left or since he was since he was a 21 year old boy in this company it has been personal because he's never won gold he's never been able to become the first Rhodes to win gold and he is going to change that he said when the sun when the sun sets on Hollywood he will change that outcome and be the first Rhodes to hold the undisputed WWE championship and this was just a stellar promo, and I would like to get your thoughts on this amazing work of art. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the promo was really good. Uh, just talking about the match, just really short. Uh, yeah, Cody had to win, but I like the chemistry that they have. Again, I think LA Knight is in line. If I have to think of superstars, LA Knight's got to be number one on in line for a humongous push after WrestleMania. Um, so I think seeing him face Cody, you know, again, you're looking at guys like LA Knight, Finn Balor, Austin Theory. Those are like the three guys you think are really in for big pushes when you when we get out of WrestleMania season. 
Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate that he had to lose, but I think it was a good showing from him to show that he can contain and he could battle with Cody Rhodes. Uh, but yeah, the promo has been really good. Again, I know we've kind of talked about it since Cody Rhodes came back. Um, we've always kind of just seen him in those random raw matches where he just fights and we just watch him fight. But I think now we're finally seeing more of his character. And I think that's making this match coming up at WrestleMania so much more interesting because it's become so personal and it's now one against one. Yeah, for sure. I like that they're keeping him busy considering Roman is a part-timer. So I totally agree with that. I like seeing him every single week and, and seeing him active in the ring. I think it's very, very good. I think it warms him up for WrestleMania. And and he's he's not going against no jobber series. He he's fought the likes, like you said, Finn he's fought Finn Balor. He's fought LA Knight now, Chad Gable. He's not fighting no no jobbers from from the hometown. He's fighting real wrestlers here. And I think it's very, very smart of them to book it that way. <clears throat> Next we have Bronson Reed versus Elias. Uh Bronson Reed wins via tsunami, just another typical Bronson Reed match. Um and uh, I I got a couple of things to say, but first, let me get your thoughts on this match. Uh, you know, I mean, it was a match. Again, once you kind of saw Bronson Reed come out, you knew what kind of match it was going to be. Um, you kind of pointed out uh, Elias. I know you're going to talk more about this, but Elias has really lost that steam. Like, he's kind of been lost out there. Um, so, again, whatever's going on with him and Rick Boogs, I, I don't really know, but it's all kind of weird. Um, but I definitely think that Bronson Reed, again, adding to that list of superstars in line for a big push, should definitely be Bronson Reed. Um, he definitely shows out. Again, he doesn't really get the crowd reaction that we kind of think he deserves. But in terms of the match, it was suitable, again, but you knew Bronson Reed was going to win fairly quickly and fairly easily. Yeah, 100%. Elias has been getting the shit kicked out of him for the past two or three weeks now, and it's unfortunate because he's he's not a bad wrestler at all. I, I actually enjoy his in-ring work, but I just think the gimmick isn't, you know, very over because it's not like this is new, you know, this is, he's basically like the honky tonk man. Right. But, but he's not the honky tonk man. So it's not really over. It's more over than people like Baron Corbin, but I think it, it, he just needs a gimmick change. Um, and that's just my opinion. Cause the wrestling is obviously there, but he doesn't really have a ton of steam. And another thing about Bronson Reed is I, I feel like uh, considering how hot he was in the elimination chamber, I feel like he should, you know, he should have a WrestleMania match and something to build up to WrestleMania, but uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. So hopefully, hopefully tonight on raw, we figure something out with him, but I think he's more than deserving of a WrestleMania match or even a stand and deliver match. If not WrestleMania. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he's good enough to uh, be a member of the WrestleMania card. Again, it's pretty stacked as we think right now. Again, we have some matches that we believe are coming close to being finalized um, and then I know we have these two new tag team matches that have been implemented, these fatal four-way tag team matches, which I think are going to be super fun to watch. So I think the WrestleMania card is a little stacked, so I don't think Bronson Reed gets there this year, but I think he's good enough to get there for the final years for sure. Agreed, agreed. Next, we have a singles match between Austin Theory and Angelo Dawkins, in which Theory won by the A-Town Down, and after the match, he attacked Dawkins, and he did one of the most popular moves in all of wrestling is the STF, which is obviously John Cena's move. And, and uh, this was in interrupted by Montez Ford. He came to the rescue, but uh, I just want to get your thoughts on the match. And, and obviously this, this ploy by Austin Theory to kind of get in John's head while he's not even there. Um, uh, The match was good. Um, I like Austin Theory a lot. And I think Dawkins, I think a lot of people focused on Montez Ford ever since Elimination Chamber, but Dawkins is no slouch by no means. 
Um, so I think it was good to see him also compete in a singles match um, because, again, they are going to fight. They are one of the four tag teams in that fatal four-way at WrestleMania. Um, but I think, you know, we're definitely coming to the end of them two together, but I think they're both good enough to be good on singles. Um, in terms of what happened after the match, I think that was a great, 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 great booking decision um, to have Austin Theory use John Cena's move, uh, especially after what happened on Raw when he kind of got chewed out and spit up by John Cena on the mic. So I think then to show like, oh, you might be able to beat me in the mic, but I can do everything you can do in the ring. I think it's just another way of saying that Theory Theory is as good as John Cena. He can be as good as John Cena. He's going to work hard to build that type of match that we all want to see at WrestleMania. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a very good good booking decision considering John isn't very active and, and won't be on every single Raw. So I think it's a good it's a good touch. It kind of reminds me of Kevin Owens last year building up a feud with Stone Cold in which Stone Cold was not even on television weekly. So I think it's a very, very good tactic for this match. Next, we had a Rey Mysterio promo in which yet again he tried to go a full speech of being of being thankful for his Hall of Fame induction. But of course, it was interrupted by none other than Dominic. And uh, he kind of got straight to the point. You know, he wants to fight his father at WrestleMania. And obviously, Ray said no, because as much of a punk Dominic is, he will not fight his own son. And uh, obviously, we know where this is going. And we're thinking we're going to see this matchup at WrestleMania. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get it at WrestleMania. I just I think that you know now that it comes to the Hall of Fame aspect of it, and we talked about this. I think it's just that's how it has to be. Um, I think Dom has to keep interrupting Ray because Ray is never going to show he wants to interrupt Dom because he doesn't. As of right now, he doesn't want to fight him. So I think that Dom has to keep interrupting Ray to get to that match. Eventually, Ray is not going to interrupt Dom because Ray has no interest in fighting his own son. Yeah, one hundred percent, and and they they're doing a pretty good job of building this up. They've been building it up for for a long time now, maybe ever since honestly, ever since Clash of the Castle. So so no issues with this. I can't wait to see how this is going to unfold. I know we had our theories last one of our our last episode, so uh, happy about this. Next, we had a singles match between Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin, which was uh, arrived backstage, and this this ended when when the Miz tried to get interrupted, tried to interrupt the match because Seth Rollins threw Baron Corbin onto the Miz outside the ring. And I believe Seth super kicked him, jumped over him and stomped Baron Corbin for the win, a move we've seen before. Um, and yeah, this, this furthers Seth Rollins ride into WrestleMania against Logan Paul. Yeah. Uh, on the match, I think the ending was really good. I think it's a nice rendition on the stomp. Again, we've seen it a few times where he uses another guy's a cushion to get more uh, elevation, more power on his stomp. Um, Baron Corbin has become, you know, just the guy that walks out there and takes the loss, um, which is unfortunate because I think he's good enough to win a few times, but the gimmick's not there. Nobody really enjoys him out there. So I think he needs a change. Um, and then I like how Miz is always involved. Um, like we said, we feel like the Miz is going to play a role in that match. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul WrestleMania as the host. Um, so I like how he's staying fresh. It's not just Seth and Logan Miz is also being used as a good third party, and I really like that aspect of the story. Yeah, for sure. The Miz, you know, people have their opinions on him in terms of his in-ring wrestling, but you cannot you cannot deny he is one of the best on the mic, and he is one of the best in terms of you know storytelling and 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 you know just being involved in feuds. And I think this is a very smart decision, like you said. 
I can't wait to see what how is it going to unfold. But I think the Miz will, will be this additional touch to the feud that would make it that much more interesting. Next, we had a single match that I was personally excited for since last week is Bianca Belair versus Chelsea Green, in which Bianca Belair win won, won via KOD. After the match, Chelsea and uh and her new partner um Carmella attacked her, and Oscar came out to the rescue, basically saved Bianca, and then started foaming in the mouth with her with her mist, which uh, has happened before, but this is going to lead up to their WrestleMania match at WrestleMania. I like this. Um, I like how Bianca's been fighting, and I like how it turns into a two-on-one, and I like how Oscar comes out. I think, again, we've talked about it. Both these women know that they have to put on a good show. Um, again, women's wrestling is not really over in the WWE universe. There's not many people that can put on a good show, so to be the two selected for WrestleMania match, you have to put on a good show. And I think seeing them as in this, not kind of bad blood situation, but more of just like this mind games, kind of when we get there, we're going to fight. But for right now, there's no point in fighting. So I like how nothing between Oscar and Bianca has gotten physical. Instead, we've seen Bianca battle Carmella and Chelsea Green. And then Oscar comes out and saves her when we get to that two-on-one scenario. Yeah, for sure. And and I don't, I don't know if they confirmed this, but I think the move for tonight's episode of Raw, is to book a tag match, Bianca and Asuka versus Chelsea and Carmella. I think that is the way to do it. I think you could have some really good spots in the match, which which shows some sort of competitiveness and, and rivalry between Asuka and Bianca, and I think that's the way to go, and I, I think that could be a very, very good match. Yeah, that'll be super cool. Again, and I, I foresee Bianca and Asuka will win, and then it'll end in a weird kind of mind games way where it looks like one is on top of the other, but they're never going to go to blows which I think is really good for the storyline. Again, I could be so wrong. They could go to blows tonight and this entire thing is screwed. But I just think that it's so much better when they're not being physical. They can do it on the mic. Uh, similar to Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes, which we'll talk about in our NXT episode, like these two are good enough to where they could just do it in the ring. They don't need as much of a promo mic because they're so familiar with each other. Yep, well said, exactly. And finally, we get to our main event segment of the night. This is Kevin Owens versus Solo Sokoa in a street fight. Uh, this match was towards its end when Solo and KO took their fight to the entrance ramp all the way into the curtains near the uh, uh, gorilla stage, uh, the, the gorilla section. And that is where Jay and Jimmy were hiding and they both super kicked him simultaneously. They uh, Solo dragged him to the ring along with the Usos and with Solo hit a Samoan spike and that ended the episode with Solo winning. So what are your thoughts on this ending segment? And I got, got a couple things to say, just some little critiques. Um, I think the ending, it was, it was, it was good. Um, again, KO has always put on really, really, really good matches. And I think having Jimmy and Jay kind of be that aspect of um, showing that you can't defeat the bloodline on your own. Um, you have there because there's too many of them, so you can't beat them on their own. So I think that was a really good uh, way and again, we have to make sure Solo keeps winning. Again, I forgot Solo and this whole push thing after WrestleMania. Solo's probably number two on that list. Um, so he's in line for a humongous push. So I think keeping him undefeated. Um, again, again, if Cody Rhodes doesn't beat Roman Reigns, maybe Solo's the one to challenge Roman next. And I think that'll be really good for him. Um, so I think that the match was good. The way it ended was good. And it continues the storyline of uh, KO versus the bloodline, but not wanting any help from Sami Zayn. Yeah, 100%. I think this match was great. I, I like the, the booking. I like the idea of a street fight, considering KO and Solo have fought a couple times before. Um, 
just w one little thing, and this is just nitpicking, but I just found it weird how at the end of the episode, Kale was, was left untouched. They didn't attack him. Like, they've done that almost every single time that has happened. Usually when you have three Bloodline members and one, you know, opposing figure like KO, they just attack. And they, they left the episode just standing over and not doing anything. So I, I was kind of waiting for that moment saying, when are you going to attack him? Like, when is someone going to come out? So that's the only thing with, with this match. I found that a little weird because that, that's, that's a little out of nature for the Bloodline. But that's just that's just nitpicking at this point. Yeah, I mean, again, I thought the whole thing was kind of fine. Again, I, I didn't realize that until you brought it out that they didn't really attack Kevin Owens like we've normally seen them do. Again, that's nitpicking, but um, I definitely think that it all went over really well. And again, when we get what we're supposed to get, it's going to be really special to watch WrestleMania. So I'm excited for it. 100% really looking forward to it. So that will conclude our Monday, March 13th edition of Monday Night Raw. Thank you for watching. Follow our socials. Uh, Broken Table on Insta and Table Wrestling on Twitter. Also, just want to take some time to thank you guys for 100 views we recently reached. I believe we're at 130 now. So just keep viewing our podcast, share our podcast with your friends. And everyone have a good day. Be good people. Take care. Bye.